Hey guys, Anna Victoria here, and I'm so excited for you to join me on my podcast, Your Best Life. I'm the CEO and founder of the FitBody app, a fitness influencer, and a personal trainer. Every week, I'm going to have a special guest that will share their unique experience and unique story to share how they learned how to live their best life, even if they're still working on it, since we are all a work in progress. I can't wait to help you learn how to create your best life. Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Life with Anna Victoria and my partner in crime, Luca. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, guys. So today's guest is Don Saladino, who for over 20 years has coached actors, athletes, musicians, and business executives. In 2005, he opened his New York City gym, Drive 495. He has developed a reputation for training some of the biggest names in Hollywood for the big screen, like Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Anne Hathaway, Hugh Jackman, just to name a few, (laughs) and so many more are among his roster of clients who have trained with him at Drive 495. So Luca, uh, what are you most excited to hear Don talk about? I mean, you guys know I'm a very big superhero movie fan, so I I like all superhero movies and I've seen... uh, uh, Don's name everywhere for years mm-hmm. now. You know, he trains all the superheroes, and I'm just, you know, a very cool uh, personality, great trainer, obviously. And mm-hmm. he's, he's been in the space for uh, quite a while now. And yeah. yes, definitely looking forward to the conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear. Honestly, I, I think that the celebrity part is super exciting. Like, who doesn't love to hear about that? Right. But there's a a particular story. I'll wait to talk about it until we get into the conversation. But about a a woman, you know, just a regular person that he helped lose over 500 pounds. And those are the stories that like just touch my heart and like make me so happy to see someone like Don in the space that, you know, is able to, you know, help people really change and save their lives. So, uh, all right, guys, here is my conversation with Don Saladino. Hi, Don. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to start by sharing a bit about who you are and what you're about? Yeah, really quickly. Um, my name is Don Saladino. I've been in the fitness space for about 21 years. Um, about 15 years ago, I opened my first club, Drive 495. Um, opened another club after that. Launched a, a, a digital platform about a decade ago. And um, I am the pure example of someone who's... Uh, somewhat of a fitness entrepreneur, but has made a ton of mistakes throughout my fitness career, <laughs> but, you know, but has really learned from it. And, and I've, I'm, I think I've done a pretty good job in uh, building a pretty uh, solid fitness business. So again, I'm happy to be here and uh, psyched to get our conversation going. So you said that you launched a digital platform like a decade ago. So you were really ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I partnered up with some professional athletes, uh, Adrian Peterson, who played for the Vikings, Dwayne Wade, who played for the Heat and uh, Hall of Fame golfer Ernie Els. And uh, launched these three apps, best in class, kind of like an MTV Cribs based around their training and went in and um, I mean, the apps did exceptionally well out of the gate, but then we, you know, kind of uh, wrote it down pretty hard because at that time, I, I think the space was still young and we didn't really know, mm-hmm. you know, the level of engagement, which I think you pretty much perfected with, with your social media and, and everything you've been doing. But I think it's really about engagement. And I think that was, right. that was a, a perfect example of you can have the best athletes in their sport. It's not good enough. You need to be able to communicate with, you know, with, with the people who are coming to you. Right. And um, so you do train athletes and celebrities. Mm-hmm. So how, well, first let's back up. Let's mm-hmm. talk about how did you get into the fitness space? Is it something that you grew up being interested in? Yeah. You, you, you know, God, I mean, it starts back to when I was in second grade because I had a terrible yeah. stuttering and, and hearing problem as a young kid. You know, it's, it's one of those stories where thank God it happened to me. I mean, it's, it's something where, that back then I used to come home crying to my mom every other day. And now I'm like, oh, my God, thank God that happened to me because it's kind of what put wow. me on the path that I, that I went on. But um, it, it was really pretty crazy because at, at that age, you know, I was struggling with that. And then I um, started playing a lot of baseball with my father. Got really into it, knew physically I might have been a step above some of the other kids in my, in my, in my class. And um, it really gave me confidence. And I think I started really mm-hmm. leaning on that as like my crutch. And it's what gave me, you know, a, you know, a high level of confidence. And it's what really put me in the direction I, I'm, I'm in today. But, you know, I went off to college, played Division One college baseball, thought I was going to go on to that next step. And then mm. 
at a certain point in college, I realized that I, I started putting a little bit more emphasis into my fitness than my than mm-hmm. my baseball. And I realized that my, and you understand better than yeah, anyone, yeah. Um, started seeing that my focuses started changing a bit and then wanted to become a trainer. Didn't really yeah. know how much money they made, had no idea. My mom was a big motivating factor for me in that, but then went off into the city, city got a job, worked at a big box gym for a year, and then I broke off. And I, I that's kind of when Don the Entrepreneur hopped in where... Uh, you know, I started my own training business and then, you know, five years later, I was able to raise about 5 million bucks to open up my first club in the city. Yeah, it was a big, wow. huge project and um, wow. it did really well, which I was really proud of. Yeah. Wow. And so then where where did the celebrities and the athletes come into the mix? It's it's so bizarre because, you know, I was a personal trainer, but I was also a strength coach. So, you know, I was yeah. someone that worked with people on general fitness, but I had this passion of working with athletes. And I was one of the first Titleist um, golf fitness certified instructors about 15, 16 years ago. And I got, you know, I got really kind of motivated to open a golf fitness training facility because my brother was a professional golfer. He was younger than me. And uh, we were seeing a lot of success working with golfers. And then we came into the space around 2005, opened our club. I started working with, you know, all these golfers, worked with a bunch of PGA guys, but we were up north. You know, we were in New York, not down in Florida, but we started doing a lot of events. We had a liquor license and like our business really started growing in different directions. And then um, I got introduced to a guy by the name of Hugh Jackman. And he, you know, just a guy named Hugh Jackman, of course. And he, and he kind of came up to me one day and he's like, man, you got a physique. Like, I, I like how you're training. Like, would you, would you help me out? And at the time I was like, no, I can't. And he's like, why? He's oh. like, I'm like, no, you're working with someone that I know. And, oh. you know, I would never want to go. No, no, no. I'm coming to you because my trainer's leaving. And the trainer happened to be a friend of mine. And my, and my, and my buddy came up to me and said, hey, Don, listen, um, you know, I'm, I'm moving. I, I got to, I'm having triplets. And I was like, oh, all right. Thank oh, God. I was like, almost like re- relieved. And then I started working with Hugh. We worked together for a year. I got him ready for the movie Wolverine in Australia, which was awesome. It was a great experience. And it really was probably a true passion of mine was blending those the worlds right. of performance physique uh, together. And um, then they just opened the floodgates for me. And I just started. I mean, back then, social media wasn't even really. This right. was 14 years ago. That was my first. Yeah. That, that was Hugh. Wow. Yeah, it's a long Gosh, time. So 2006. Okay. It's a long yeah. time. <laughs> um, can I just... No, no. Can I just say, like, the, like, confidence that you have to have to say no to Hugh Jackman? Like, it worked out eventually, but, like, the fact that he, it, it, like, it, it worked out, but, oh you know, it, it's it's yeah. why I built a good name in my career. Right. It, it's, yes. it, it's about integrity. And there's so yeah. many coaches out there. But for me, like, the first thing everyone will tell you is, like, yeah, Don's, Don's a good coach, but Don's yeah. honest and I never step on anyone's yeah. feet. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary to have to stab someone in the back. I mean, um, to this day, I thank every person who's given me some sort of opportunity. I am not self-made. I'm someone that's, you know, had a lot of people in my corner, you know, cheering me on and, and pushing me in the right direction. I, I have a team that works around me and I, I couldn't be more grateful for, for them. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, that's really amazing for me to hear and to see someone like you that has had the successes you've had, because in my, you know, very limited experience in comparison to you, you know, um, I, I really kind of am one of the the. Uh, the generation of social media, you know, like fitness influencers, trainers, you know, and all my interactions have been like online with people. Mm -hmm. And I saw kind of, you know, things going on that weren't so ideal. And so I always kind of kept to myself because I was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I want to just be in my own corner and not kind of play those games, you know, and, and I I would see some people that are super successful, but I know behind the scenes that like, they're also not great people, you know, I think what I think where you stand out and I really like once, once I was when, when you guys were gracious enough to ask yeah. me to come on. I really kind of did more research because I've always heard your name. Oh. So that's that's oh. that's a cool thing. I mean, I've always Thank been hearing you. your your name for a long time. Um, yeah. The level of authenticity I think you present on your social is hands down why you're successful. So obviously Thank you've you. got all those other great things going for you, and that's that's important in the fitness industry. But if you're not authentic, people are smart. I, I believe you, you got to be a good right. person to really be great in this industry. Right. Yeah. And you know, so kind of we'll skip over the celebrity and kind of athlete part of your experience really quick. Um, I uh, watched a story about you training a woman named Laura. I don't know if just saying, okay, okay. Yeah. So just for some uh, context for those of you listening. Mm -hmm. So Laura um, was, I believe, about 800 pounds at her peak. 872. 
Yeah. Wow. And she had, she was able to lose 350 pounds on her own. Oh, and yeah. she, um, pretty much how that happened is that she, uh, she lost her job. She was not able to really breathe when she would lay down in bed mm-hmm. and her mom urged her to go to the emergency room, of mm. course. And thankfully she went and they said that the left part of her heart was only at 15% capacity or yeah, something. Yeah. If like that, that. Yeah. if, if that, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. They had a weigher on a meat mm-hmm. scale. Um, she actually started following me on social media through my through my really good friend and client Sebastian Stan who's the winter yeah. soldier yes, and yes. she started like and you know how it is on social you have certain people mm-hmm. that interact with you that you could just tell like they're just nice people and I was yeah. constantly seeing her over and over and um she I think she got down to about 600 from the 872 and she messages me one day and she's like I'm stumped I don't know what to do and we start kind of going back and forth and I'm like, Laura, you just want a 15 minute phone call with me. She's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, give me your number. I'm calling you up. And I remember calling her up and because I, I, I almost didn't believe it at first. It was like, okay, like, what are we dealing with here? And I'm like, where were you at 872? Send me a, send me a pic. Let's see what we're working yeah. with here. And then we started getting really familiar, uh, friendly there. And um, yeah. she sent a pic and I was like, okay, she's not lying. And um, yeah. this is all public stuff, by the way. I'm not disclosing anything that's private. But then I said, Laura, listen, I'm, I'm going to help you out. And she's like, I, you, know, I, you know, I can't pay. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Laura, yeah. I'm going to help you oh. out. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. Like, I'm going to, if you promise to do everything that I say, and you promise to allow me to communicate with your doctor to get to see if I can have clearance mm-hmm. to do what I want to do, then you've got me until we get you below 200 pounds. She's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, seriously. So we're like six years later already. Like this has yeah. been a, about a five wow. or six year journey. I communicate with her probably almost every day through DM or whatever. Um, Still today? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh she's, my. She, she just hit 360. Um, wow. She's been very public about it is that we're, you know, we're, we're struggling a little yeah. bit right now because okay. hormonally there's a lot going on in the body and there's surgeries that are going to have to happen. She's probably carrying around 50 pounds of skin. Right. And um, so I had her on a call recently with um, one of my really good friends, Melinda Farina, who's the beauty broker. She kind of specializes in connecting doctors with people who need specific plastic surgeries for you know cosmetic purposes, whatever it might be. Um, and I got Laura over there, and um, we're going to try and start you know helping her out with that process of taking it to the next step. But it's not something with Laura. I knew it. This was not a one year journey here. This is we had to teach her how to right. walk. She, she didn't know how to walk. Like we had to reteach her how to do that. Now she's getting a lot of steps, but now she just injured her ankle. But we have oh. her, a trainer that I communicate with um, probably almost, you know, maybe, maybe twice a month. Um, I've got a meal delivery service going to her. I true form treadmill, send her a treadmill. I have a, I have a, a perform better as center, a, a rower, a battle ropes, whatever we, we need. So, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. Everyone's been really chipping in. Yeah. Well, when I saw that story, because of course I knew you as like the celebrity trainer and the superhero (laughs) trainer, you know, and everything. And when I saw that story of like a normal person that, you know, you had interacted with to such an extent, it like warmed my heart. I was like, this is so amazing because like those are the cases I think that like, I don't want to say that there's no case that's more important, but like that's serious, you you know, like. That's that's what matters. I mean, we're yeah. we're changing someone's life. I mean, she yes. almost she almost died, and so for right. me to be able to come in and put my fingerprint on that and help someone out make that change, it's been it's been amazing. But it's also, listen, I'm I'm a very experienced coach. You're also yeah. getting involved in this, and, and there's not too many people who can say, well, yeah, I know what to do. No, you don't. Like you haven't worked with anyone who's almost 900 pounds, and it really is along the way. There's things going on with the structure of her body. Um, things in her ankles that are happening, pain that she's starting to, I mean, imagine walking around with five or 600 extra pounds on your, on your frame. Yeah, there's, right. there's a level of discomfort that she goes through every day that we really had to slowly get her out of. And that was something where I always promote consistency over intensity and it, it yes. works on, on every level. Yeah. There's something that you said that was really interesting is that you got her permission to talk to her doctor, which, you know, of course, especially in her case, super important. But I feel like that is just something that like we should have set up in society Mm -hmm. like that we don't that Mm -hmm. I feel like is a huge missing piece of when people go to the doctor. And, you know, I mean, doctors are trained to prescribe, you know, medication for the most part, you know, and not knocking at all on, on what they do. You know, they're they, they are amazing, but there's so much that can be done if we were to have more of an integrative approach. Would you agree? Uh, 100%. I, you know, I, I think they, I think people downplay what you and I do. I mean, whether it's in person or whether it's through, 
you know, uh, social media, whether it's through, you know, programming that's online, we are working with how a human being moves. And sometimes there's underlying issues that how are we going to know? Like, you don't know. I mean, there's things going on internally that we just don't know in reference to other people. So I think there's nothing wrong. And I probably do it daily where I'll turn to someone who's either reaching out to me online or uh, wherever it might be where I'm saying, no, you need to go get, you need to go get a second opinion. I don't mean to freak you out on this, yeah, but right. it is not my job to turn around and start dealing with pain. I've been working with physical therapists my entire career. I have three of them that work for me at drive. I, I know a lot about PT. I'm not a physical therapist. It's time to right. kind of re- refer right. out a little bit. Yeah. And actually I love that you pointed this out. So for anyone listening, you know, there's a lot of people on social media that, um, are great at what they do in one core, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of area, Mm -hmm. but then they try to do everything, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and with like PT work in particular, like um, personal trainers are not physical therapists. And and it's something that like, in my experience, in my career, being a a personal trainer and seeing people on social media come to me for various things, I, I thought like, why, like you need to speak to a doctor, a, you know, an endocrinologist or, you know, a physical therapist. So I also brought on a, um, a physical therapist and a registered dietitian onto that's my smart. team. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, that's their field, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to get you going on your workouts, but all the, these other things that are just as important, you know, they, you definitely need to, you know, speak to those experts. One of, one of my mentors, I think about, Oh God, I can tell you the year it was about 2004. It's when I went into my space, I had 15,000 feet in Manhattan. His name's Dr. Greg Rose. Uh, he's based at Oceanside. He's one of the most brilliant mm. chiropractors, medical practitioners I, I've ever met. And he said, he's like, listen, man, he's like, don't try and be the jack of all trades. Right. If you're going to be successful in this industry, surround yourself with a team. And that's why I think our club gained some success early on was I was the first person, even though I was kind of the leader of the team, I'd be on the floor and I'd call my PT over. I'd call another coach yeah. over. We'd get another set of eyes on someone. And then they realized that like, oh, wow, this isn't just some, you know, uh, program being ripped off the internet. Like these people right. really care and they're really kind of trying to assess what's going on. As you know, yeah. fitness, it's so wild. I mean, our, the body's just changing day in and day out. Right. Yeah. And as the research too, you know, so there's, Oh my God, <laughs> you said it. Yeah. So, um, can you talk a bit about the, the drive clubs and the philosophy yeah. behind it? Yeah. So, you know, we opened back in, um, 05, uh, it was, it was mainly a golf performance facility. And then we really kind of generally went off in a more, more about creating better athletes. So, um, you know, I think it was something where the golf fitness back then, it was very like, Oh, well, you know, I want to do sports specific and we believe in creating better athletes. And um, it was an amazing 15 years. I mean, fortunately for us, it was the best news that could have happened. Our 15-year lease expired in May during COVID, which, oh, I mean, you cannot wow. pick a better timing. So I was able to keep my staff on and I was able to keep yeah. my manager working right now and a couple of trainers on working virtually. And we just hit the pause button and we moved our equipment out and we're looking for other space and focusing on digital. And listen, yeah. if New York opens up and it, it becomes a... Uh, a place where we can sign a longer term lease, I'll jump back in. And if not, I'm doing what I, uh, what I love to do right now. So fortunately for me, there's no pressure, but, uh, you know, New York has gotten a little, um, it's gotten a little overwhelming over the last uh, six, seven months. Yeah. And what about for you personally? And like with Mm -hmm. your family in this time of COVID? Yep. Um, listen, we had, uh, I'm I'm not going to lie to you here. I mean, we, uh, we, we did all right. I mean, our, you know, I've got two children. I've got a 13 year old daughter and I got a 12 year old boy. We have two yeah. dogs, which I was saying earlier, yes. Sambuga and Rigatoni. We have that in yeah. common. So hold on. We, we have to pause really quick and talk about this. this he has, gonna... you guys, he has a dog named Rigatoni and his dog is older than mine. So like he, he got there before I did. And how, how did this happen? There, it's really cute. You know, so I'm, I'm going to tell you. So my, so my yeah. wife, we, we had this vision of buying, we, we found these dogs called Balonkas. They're, they're these little Russian dogs. And my wife and I lived in the city for years and we wanted like dogs that didn't shed and wanted to just yeah. chill. And like, we, we actually Googled all these characteristics on what dog, and I love labs. I love those German yeah. shepherds. I love these dogs. Yeah. But um, in the city, we were like, wow, we don't want to have a big dog because it's a small apartment. Yeah. Then we ended up moving out here and we saw this dog called, um, it was a Balanca and it was absolutely adorable. I wish they were here right now, but they'd be barking if, if, if we were <laughs> yeah. on. So I wanted to kind of, you know, pr- yeah. protect what we're doing here. But, um, 
we got them from a breeder and we uh we wanted to name them one was going to be sambuca which was like the italian liqueur because i'm italian and then yeah. we had rigatoni yeah. which was like the dinner and then we were going to name the third one zeppoli which is like the dessert so oh you know all gosh. three italian dishes and yeah. um you know we had two and they're our life and it was just one of those things uh, you know like with kids we we're like all right we got to draw the line with two it's just i think three is too much um, mm-hmm. But we love them. As you know, they're, you know, your guy Rigatoni's part of your life and he's like a kid too, you know. It's, it's yeah. Life. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing. Yeah. I, so we got um, our Rigatoni. <laughs> do you call him Riggs or do you call him Rigatoni? I, we call him Rig or Riggy Rig. Oh, okay. So we, <laughs> yeah. we, we call ours Riggs. Riggs. So okay. 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 Yeah. Or Monster, Angel, you know, there's oh, all, all these other names. ones, you okay. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, because my husband is Italian. He's born and raised from Rome, Italy. And yeah. Love him already. And, Tell him congrats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were, we were like laying in bed, knew we were going to be getting a golden and he's a dark golden. And so we were like, what? Like, you know, like red, you know, like he's a reddish, you know, Maine, whatever, uh, spaghetti, marinara, you, you know, and just like kind of joke, complete jokes though. Like, by the way, I've never told the story about how he picked Rigatoni's name. So this is great. I'm loving this right um, So, uh, and then I said Rigatoni, like spaghetti, like it's cute, but it still is kind of like meh. That didn't really feel like that would fit. It was right. like, it right. would stick. And when I just said Rigatoni and we both like, were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Rigatoni, like that one works. Oh my god! So, anyways, if I I want to get like um twelve, you know, if yeah, I no. could, like you said, it's you know you got to cap it at two. So eventually, we are gonna get him a friend, and because we just had a, a baby six weeks, uh, Aurora, almost seven right? weeks ago. Aurora, yeah, look at you! Wow, yes. thank you. Congratulations! Uh, thank beautiful, you. Beautiful name. Thanks. And so you know, he's not getting all the same attention as he was pre-baby, mm-hmm. and so we're like, okay, we need to get him, you know, a friend, and we want to eventually possibly name that one canella which is a uh, cinnamon in italian I love it. okay, because so of the, the italian of, names also I love yes it. Yeah. oh yeah absolutely so anyways that's the story no, that's awesome. so. and you're the first person i've ever met who has a dog named rigatoni so i feel like we have that bond now so likewise i love it if they could only meet one day that would <laughs> be, be amazing, amazing. We'll, so. we'll set up a date one day when you come yeah i love it i love it so Anyways, I hijacked the conversation. Where where are we going? So about you, you and your family. Oh yeah. COVID. So yeah, I mean, yeah. L- listen. I mean, it, it, it's 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 tough to discuss because I, I I recognize what a difficult time it was for people, you know, yeah. during COVID. I mean, for us, I mean, fortunately, we're in a we're in a nice area in Long Island, and yeah. you know, we're in a house, and we had our family. We had dinners every night, and you know. Yeah. Um, I had to transition my business, but my wife and I started working together, which was a lot of fun. And our kids had to do, yeah, our our kids had to do homeschooling in the summer camp, summer camp, in the summer, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, you you had your challenges. I think the thing I was most worried about was socially with my kids, because for a period of time, they're on their their iPhones too much and they're not really getting activity or, or, you know, or exercising or just walking in the halls from class to class. I mean, I think we we take that for granted a little bit. So that was probably, you know, that was the thing that I worried the most about. But as for everything else, I think we were really blessed. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Um, now another thing that I wanted to address is that you've obviously been in the industry for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, over two decades, you said 21 years, right? So there have been so many fads that have come and gone, I'm sure in the time, you know, you, that you've been able to witness them firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you feel like, cause we're now in an age of information where, and like I briefly touched on research is like, you know, constantly changing. Do you feel like at least those fads are now more, is there, is there some substance in, in, you know, point to them? Whereas before it was just like, take this pill, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something everyone's always going to want that, like that, that quick fix or, or even, you know, when we talk about what a, what a, small percentage supplementation can actually improve to, to someone. Yes. Um, you know, I think sometimes it's more that mental aspect, you know, if, if someone's diets on uncha- uh, you know, to a specific standard and they're, and they're training and they're resting and their digestion is good. And then they want to go take a, a branch chain amino acids. If it's from a good source, like go for it. If it's going to really trigger things mentally and really give you that extra yeah. push, it's probably that more than anything else. Not saying BCAs don't work, but you know, I, I think as for fads, over the last two decades, you know, I've seen a lot of things come and go. And, and, and the good news is, is that there are a lot of really smart educators out there that I've fortunately been able to be mentored by or be able to listen to. And, and that to see that out there and to see all the good, positive information coming about to me is so positive. On the other hand, there's things out there that people are claiming are research that's not research. Like just because it's in the New York Times 
doesn't mm. mean it's, you know, it, it, it's backed or it's researched, you know, and you've been interviewed yeah. how many times or I've been interviewed and they, a writer will come to us and ask for our opinion on something and we'll give our opinion. And it's, yeah. you know, no, no disservice to them, but you know, are they really going and they, are they really doing a background check on that? They're really putting out something that is, it's a, is it fact or is it opinion? So I think what happens is once in a while we'll get some people turning around and they're, they're putting information out in these publications and other individuals are reading that information saying, oh, well, that's got to be valid. It's in men's health. Not necessarily necessarily. It could just be theory. So, you know, and you said it early on, there's so many people now who can just open, you know, an Instagram page and call themselves an expert. To this day, I don't call myself an expert. I call myself a professional because I just feel like we're in an industry where there's this much to to know. And, you know, I feel like I'm always fighting every day to learn as much as possible. But, um, there's, there's a lot of bad stuff going on, but there's also a lot of good stuff going on. And I think at the end of the day, if we can get someone out of there off their couch and we can take mm-hmm. someone who has, you know, been really struggling to want it. You know what I'm talking about? Someone who's really yeah. like, I just can't. Like I hear the line all the time, Don, I just want to want it. I want to have yeah. that hunger. If you're able to take someone off that couch and t- move them from a sedentary lifestyle to someone who's living a healthier lifestyle, then I think you're doing them a, a big service. And um, sometimes I think a lot of coaches kind of nitpick a little bit too much. I completely agree. And I think that unfortunately, as much as I love social media for so many reasons, and I'm really mm-hmm. grateful to it for giving me a platform to, you know, to spout yeah. off about, you know, whatever I'm thinking. Um, unfortunately, it kind of, it makes people, you know, they really want those like exciting, quick results. I mean, and hey, this has been going on forever. Just social media is the new medium, right? You know, yep. Um for, for me personally, I started my fitness journey just for health reasons. I grew up eating only fast food, you know, loved it, had, but had a lot of um, health issues early on. And I decided to change that route, um, you know, and I started my journey for health reasons. And that's kind of why I wanted to help people. Um, but that's not sexy. You know, like yeah. a lot of people, they don't they don't want to hear that. They yeah. don't want to hear like, take care of your health and the results will come after, you know. Yeah. Um, so how do you get past that with your clients? Cause I'm sure people come to you seeing you as the superhero trainer and wanting to get those same results. Well, well listen, I mean, sometimes I'll have Marvel or a specific production company mm-hmm. call me and say, we got to get so-and-so ready in a, in a month. And I, yeah. I think I've, I've just become confident enough in my career where I understand that there's only so much we can do with the human body in a certain period of time, but we right. can do a lot more than we think. One of my yeah. favorite post ever. Um, I've been working with Blake Lively for about a decade. She's, I don't even call her my sister. I call her my brother. We just have, such oh, a oh my God. We just, she's, she's unbelievable. But she put up a post of me and her, I want to say it was like almost two years ago. It was like, Oh my God, I, I got to be, yeah, you think you saw it? Yeah. She's yeah. like, she, I think some of the effect of like her standing next to me and yes. she, she looked great, but she's like, I got the baby weight off. It only took me 16 months and, yeah. or like something to that effect. And it was yeah. a really, it was her being honest. It was a refreshing yeah. post. Because this was not us, you know, and she'll admit it, working out six days a week and her eating perfectly. Like, no, like she'll be the first to admit that she has struggles with eating like anyone else or training or she's got three beautiful girls now and she's, yeah. you know, she has priorities and focuses. So we do yeah. what we can when we can. And I think it was a very real thing for her to show people that, you know, we're all in this together. Like, don't think that I'm yeah. sitting here and, you know, you know, it's going to happen easy because it didn't. And did she struggle with it? Sure, she did. But that was what was so refreshing about that post. Yeah. And an interview that you did, someone asked, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, mm. is like, who is the celebrity that has like the best work ethic or who is like, you know, goes the hardest in the gym? And I think you said, and I'll let, I'll let you, uh, you know, go into more detail if you would like, but Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski, you were saying that they are yeah, they're yeah. they're like you, you know the funny thing about you know Ryan Ryan's probably the one I've been working with the longest. Um, mm-hmm. God, it's got to be twelve years so far. Uh, wow. Ryan just got this this amazing switch where when it's time to kind of turn mm-hmm. it on, he turns it on, and he knows what he has to do. He almost needs um, my help the least because you oh. know we we've been working together so much. It's just like tell me right. what I have to do and let's go do it. Yeah. And we just we can go in a session sometimes and. You know, I think now virtually when we train together um, in between sets, we're just doing like movie trivia. Like I got my computer up and I'm like, Paul Newman, how many movies? And he's like, uh, uh, oh, and we just like, virtually, our entire session is pretty much lifting weights and going through movie trivia <laughs> and talking about like different actors and stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's just, um, you know, everyone's different. Krasinski's a machine. When, when, when he gets into it, he loves to go heavy. And, you Which know, you just, wouldn't think so. Sorry. No, no, offense, no, John, no, but no, like, no, you no, know. no, 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 no
talk about it. Uh, him and his wife, Emily, have just been, um, yeah. Emily invited me down to, um, there was the American Institute for, for stuttering because she's a fellow stutterer also. So we oh, went wow. down. It was, it was awesome because oh. we went, she like hosted this event and with Arthur Blank of um, the, uh, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons and uh, I think the owner of Home Depot. And she had me and Arthur, Mr. Blank, up on, um, up on a panel together. And I looked at Arthur and I'm like, how the hell did I get up here with you? Like yeah. the guys are like four, like four or five billion bucks and here I am some coach, but it was really refreshing to see everyone out there and just the, the, the doors, my, my clients have, my friends, my clients have opened for yeah. me. It's just, I, I have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. Well, and so what you were saying about on this interview I watched um, about in regards to who has the best work ethic that I thought was just such an amazing kind of like just summing it all up is that it's not about the work ethic. It's that they trust the process and that they know that they're in it for the long haul. And, you know, as exciting as it is to hear about like these celebrities working out and how hard they go, there's a, um, there's only a point at which people can relate, you know, to a celebrity, you know, but that's something that like, no matter who you are, like that still applies, you know, celebrity or not. I I think, I think it's, it's more challenging to train a celebrity than an athlete. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest on, on this. I mean, most celebrities when they're, when they're working and it's like people want to call me celebrity trainer it's, it's fine like whatever they they want to do yeah. but they're you know they're i think their schedules are more difficult than almost yeah. anyone i've ever worked with like you know a, you know annie hathaway's right. in london right now you know working you know 15 hour days like it, it's wow. when they work that much and they have to go train either early in the morning or late at night and they have families to balance out and work and oh my mm-hmm. god like imagine doing that now for six months straight I mean, that to me is really right. challenging. If their family's on the road with them or if they're away from their family, that's another stress on the body. So, you know, I almost have more respect for, for working with them than almost anyone else because at least, you know, with, with athletes, it's a little bit more of a controlled environment. They know yeah. what time the game is that day or they know when they're off season. At, and um, that's their job. Yeah, and that's their yeah. job. And then like, and, yeah. you know, they can take time off if they need it in the off season. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, like Ryan might get a call and be like, I got to go to so-and-so right now for three months. And we're like, okay, and things change. And those stress levels change and time zones change and out of nowhere Mm -hmm. shoots can start going a lot longer. And then we have to really balance out managing that level of stress. Training for for me, it's really about, yeah, it's keeping people engaged. One, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's applying a specific stress to their body that is just the right amount. Because if we start working out too much and you have all these other external stresses in, in your life mm-hmm. happening at the same time, you can get sick. Your body can break down. You might start going in the opposite direction of where you really want to be going in. So I really think when you when you brought up earlier, like, shouldn't we put, be putting a little bit more into, into coaches and what their credentials yeah. are? And 100%. Like, they're they're technically putting their hands on people every day, you know, not literally, but they're turning around and they're putting these people under specific weights, specific loads that could really hurt or, or damage someone if it's not done properly. Right. right. And so do you have a different approach to, let's say, a celebrity needing to prepare for a superhero role versus just kind of an average person that yeah. let's say that they have, you know, more than just, oh, I want to feel good. They, they want to set a results. 100%. 100%. And I'd be lying if I told you I didn't because normally when it's someone getting ready for a role, like they're going to be on the screen and they need to look a specific way shirtless. So I I think kind of 80, 20 rule gets thrown out the window a little bit. Like if someone's, Uh you know, if someone's coming into me and they're like, I have three weeks to prep for so-and-so you say to yourself, how much, what can you change in three weeks? You know what? If we eliminate cheat meals and we eliminate alcohol and we really start controlling their sleep and we train six days a week, you know, you'd be shocked. We can remove a lot of water weight. Like when I prepped for the cover of, I was on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, I think yeah. in, in 2018 or 2019, and I had four and a half weeks to prep. I, I, I mean, there's not a lot you can do with the body, but wow. in that period of time, when I went into my dieting and I removed cheat meals and the little bit of, you know, alcohol I have once in a while, yeah. I think I lost close to 10 pounds in those four weeks. Wow. And I just saw my body get tighter and harder yeah. and, you know, things will. So, so I always tell people, if I'm working with, a, you know, an, an average everyday Joe, it's more, and they're struggling um, to want to want it. I always tell them mm-hmm. to take a minimalistic approach and no, let's get 50% there and let's build on that and let's show you some progress. And then let's right. slowly get them to want to want it. And then out of nowhere, the best line I hear is, oh my God, it, it's happening. And I'm not depriving myself of, ev- of everything. What's next? And then you're like nodding, like, here we go. Like they're starting to get hooked. And I think that's what it's about. I think a lot of times when people have to dive into this crazy, you know, 14 day fix, 20 day fix, whatever it might be, it's no knock to that. Sometimes that is a great reset for people. But when you're coming in so intensely with someone who's struggled to want to want it, 
um, mm. you know, you could be doing a, um, them a disservice long-term. Wow. That's such a great point. And it's even like with Laura's story, you know, you just told her, Hey, just start walking. That was it. We taught her to walk. We didn't even have like an accurate, you know, step tracker. Like we couldn't get a watch around her wrist. Like she had to hold the phone and she literally was like, um, it's saying that I'm walking 3000 steps. You think that's accurate? I'm like, I don't care if it's accurate. We've got a baseline. Let's just follow that baseline. The next thing you know, she's like 10,000 steps, but do you think that's accurate? I'm like, I don't care if it's accurate. It's 7,000 more steps than we were walking a year ago. Right. Yeah, Again. that that variable is consistent. You're Fantastic. using the same, you know, method. So, Fantastic. Yeah, it's um, now, how about in regards to training uh, athletes and celebrities? And right now in quarantine, movies are put on hold. So, is that something that you've had any struggles with? No, be, because I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still doing some Zoom training. So Got there's, it. there's okay. a few people right now yeah. that I'm working with that have been like really, I've been really close to for years. And it's been great because I've been really backing off the one-on-one coaching over the last several years anyway. So now if I work with, um, if I do maybe eight sessions a week, like eight or nine hours a week, yeah. that's probably about where, where it is. I mean, in the past when I, I mean, there was a God, I think there was a 15, the 15 year span. I mean, I figured out on paper, I probably have trained close or around 40,000 one hour sessions in my career. So it's going on 22 years now. So there was a period of time I was doing 40 to 60 a week going in home. And I was just, I was a machine and I was taking courses and it's just, I really dedicated my life to try becoming the best at it. Um, but now to be able to kind of scale back on that, focus on a couple of people and then really focus on my challenges and my digital product has been so much fun for me. Yeah. And so is it, is your digital product something that is open to like consumers or is it just specific clients? Yeah, no, 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 it it is. I mean, when I'm working with Ryan or Blake or Annie or people like that, I mean, yeah, that's a FaceTime call, but you know, when I'm working with other people, you know, something, you know, things that you're very familiar with, like I I host challenges, which have been unbelievable. And I've been getting in touch with some great people and really been able to focus on them day in and day out, which has been so much fun for me because I need to coach. So it's my way of being able to continue to coach as, as I know you enjoy as well. And then, you know, online programming that you go to donsaldino.com, fun stuff like like that. It's been great. Awesome. Now, I'm curious to know someone that is such an industry, you know, veteran and uh, such a, a pillar of the industry. Thank you. What do you think of social media and this new age of like trainers and how fitness has kind of evolved through social media? You know, it, it's, um, it, God, it's given us a lot, right? I mean, you can, you, mm-hmm. you know, I know uh, you speaking firsthand and me speaking firsthand, I got a lot to be thankful on that. But I yeah. also understand that, you know, people are, are living and dying too much by the amount of likes or the amount of views that they're getting day in yeah. and day out. And there's just certain things where I have coaches reaching out to me every day and they're like, why am I losing following? I'm like, I'm like, stick to your game plan. I'm like, if you believe in your game plan and you're changing lives and you're doing the right thing, the following doesn't matter. Like we're going to gain people. We're going to lose people. It is what it is. And, but like do what you do best and that's coach and change people's lives. And I feel like if you stick with that formula and you keep putting content out for the right reasons, then I think good things are going to happen. But if your mood's going to be dictated by, um, by whether your Instagram's growing or not, you're going to be a miserable person because they're just always changing things up with the algorithm, as you know. And it's just, you know, it's, um, that's kind of how I handled it. Um, but social, yeah, I think there's people who are doing an incredible job in it, like yourself. And I think there's other people in it that are just, they're not really being true to themselves. I think they're, mm-hmm. I, I see it a lot now. Young coaches are copying other women or other guys that are doing things. It's obvious. You look at them and I'm like, oh my God, you're being so-and-so or you're being so-and-so. And it's like, you get bummed out over it because there's just, there's a level of authenticity. I think uh, that that's part of what makes a great coach. Right. You know, it's actually funny you say that because I noticed the same thing. I was, you know, looking at someone's stuff and I was like, you are mimicking this person oh, that's yeah. super successful and I know, like all that stuff. It's like, come on, it's like right. you gotta ease up, you know? Yeah. And, and I get, I get the like, um, temptation to do that because if you see something that's working for someone else, you know, like it might work for you, but at the same time it removes their authenticity. And that's kind of why I've always tried to like stay in my own lane. And I almost don't want to look at other people's stuff because I don't want to be influenced right. on accident. It's so smart know? too. It's so smart. Sometimes it can, it, it gets, you know, when, when you're constantly seeing mm-hmm. people in your face every day, like I, I, it's probably the thing I get reached out to the most uh, about, you know, just everyday people who are looking at so-and-so and they think their life's perfect. I'm like, listen, we all have problems. Oh, we all struggle. Yes. The kids are going to wake up at two in the morning screaming and crying with a nightmare. Something's going to happen. A pandemic's going to hit. God forbid. One of my, yeah. one of my, one of my close buddies passed away three weeks ago due to oh, cancer. No. Yeah, no, oh. it's, it's terrible. But 
you know, that's life. And, and those are real problems. And I just think sometimes if we start comparing ourselves too much to other people, that's, that's yeah. not what we should, that's not what social media should be about. Right. So I have a bit of a personal question if you're okay sure. with me oh, asking please. this. You, you have, you said a 13 year old daughter. Yes. So have you had to have any conversations with her regarding social media or do you limit her, her social media use? Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You want me to keep going? Yeah, listen, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny sometimes. I love her to death. She, she's upstairs. But, yeah. you know, her father's been a coach for 21 years. But, you know, dad yeah. can't give advice on, on, on oh exercise. Oh, my you know? gosh. So I, I've really, I've really, I think, done a good job in backing up and allowing her to kind yeah. of spread her wings a little bit. There are things with social media, I think, when you're, uh, when you're you're, well, I can say this when you're a young kid, yeah. um, influence, you can be easily influenced by things yeah. and that gets scary. So, you know, her, her mom and I, you know, even with my, with my son, we try and limit the amount of time on social. We yeah. understand that like at a certain time during the day, phones are being hung up. Um, there's just certain things that as, as parents, I feel like we need to do, but we also have to allow them to make some mistakes and, as a parent, that's part of parenting. Um, yeah. But we don't really know what the future is going to hold with this stuff because this is like the first generation we're going yeah. through this. Like my my son right now is unbelievable. Like he does TikTok and, and how he quickly right. he edits and all this stuff. And I get such a kick out of it. And he loves to sing and, and do all this crazy stuff. But like yeah. I'm just hoping that, you know, what level of normalcy is everyone going to have from being so exposed to this in the future? As a parent, to tell you that I don't think about that or I don't worry about that, all yeah. I can rely on is me and my wife's parenting skills and just hope that, it, right. that we're doing a good enough job and, you know, teach them when they do something wrong that you don't do that. And, and that's all we can do right now. Yeah. It's, it's something that I've always been, I, I don't want to say hyper aware of, but just like I, you know, growing up, I was raised by a single father yeah. and uh, no one ever, ever made comments on my body or my looks or anything. And I just never had any complex, you know, like about my body. And I, I've always wondered why. And like one reason that I've speculated, I don't, I'm sure there's, there's an element of nature versus nurture, you know, that goes into it. But, you know, is, is thinking that just no one made comments, you know, and no one ever like poked at my belly, you know, and things like that. And, that happens and now. It's, it's, it happens. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh my and, God. And, and I think that that's more why I'm like, I find this so fascinating with like people who are in the industry and that have kids, like what their approach is, because now that I have a daughter, even before she came into the world, I was always like, how, how am I going to handle this? I'm almost hypersensitive to it because I, mm. I know how I am and I know the things I enjoy to do are, are just things that people don't enjoy doing. Like I love being yeah. in the gym and I love preparing my meals and I love doing all these things that right. seem really tedious. On the other hand, my wife can sit in front of a computer for work for 10 hours. And after 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I need to clear my head for a second. We just, <laughs> we all have our, have our strengths. But I think my fear is that because of the industry that, that I'm in and who I am in the industry that I never want her to be like my, my dad's some crazy gym guy. Like I, I just yeah. want her to feel that sense of normalcy and I want to promote health and wellness. And when we make hamburgers, yes, it's with grass fed meat. And when we're eating vegetables, it's organic vegetables, but I'm not going to tell you my kids don't eat ice cream several times a week or we don't have chips yeah. in the house. Or like there's this level of normalcy that I grew up with that, you know, look, I turned out all right. I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, right, uh, right. I, think you know so. I also <laughs> feel like if I, push them in one direction and I've kind of force feed something uh, towards them. I feel like that can also be something bad. So it's finding that fine line of like, no, we can't have dessert seven nights a week and we, we can't have ice cream for breakfast. Yes. There's certain things that as a parent you, <laughs> right. you have to do, but on the other hand um, it's finding that balance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now another question I have is in this age of COVID. So I've seen the conversation, not on a uh, large scale in terms of the media, but just within like more kind of uh, the fitness and, you know, personal trainer groups of why is no one talking about being in optimal health and mm. how, what that does to, I don't want to say prevent you from getting COVID because I'm not going to say for a minute that eating vegetables or, you know, anything like that is going to prevent you from getting it. But, um, you know, just that conversation of not being as susceptible to getting sick in general. So let, outside of the COVID conversation, is this anything that you've um, kind of uh, thought about or experienced? Or Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I mean, I've spoken to, I don't know how many doctors have come on my podcast to mm. where it's, um, you, you know, they'll all recommend what, what can we do? And they're like, yeah. be healthy, get sleep, stay hydrated. Eat, eat a eat a healthy diet. I mean, we're we're not saying you're not going to catch COVID, but I think statistically, right. 
your chances might be a little bit better. I think that's what they're saying. And I think that's a fair thing to say. So yeah, you, you know what? I, I think with society right now, so much has got thrown at us in the last six, seven months that yes, it's incredibly overwhelming. We've never seen our country. I, I've never seen our country yeah. go through this. Um, you know, just the fact that we're, we're, we're walking into, you know, grocery stores now with masks on and people have to stand yeah. six feet away from each other. I mean, the fact that this happens so quickly um, think about the amount of time this would have. If this became like a standard in our world, the amount of time it would have taken people to implement these standards. It would have taken us years, maybe decades to do that. This happened literally within you know, a yeah. week or two. And I think because so much got thrown at us, there's only so many things, so many areas that people can handle and focus that's on. That's true. You know, yeah. and, and that's, I mean, that's my only, uh, you know, probably that's my only answer. I think there's just so much on people's mind and their plates that, you know, it's almost like the last thing that they're referring to. Like, yeah, we know you, you, you have to eat healthy. Like yeah. it, what was, what was um, astonishing to me was how liquor sales went up during yes. this period of time. So this is a time where a lot of my clientele is Wall Street people, right? They're members of my gym. My, my gym's downtown New York City in Soho. And um, they would always have the excuse, you know, Don, I have to entertain so much. That's why I have to drink. Like, mm. if I'm out three nights a week and I, you know, if I'm not drinking, I'm not going to, you know, the account, it's going to make things weird. I got to have a couple of, I got to have right. a couple of drinks. That got taken away from them. But liquor sales mm. went up. You know, so now they don't have that excuse anymore. Now, what is the excuse? It's boredom. It's, it's, yeah. oh, well, I don't, so it's, it, I also think it comes down to people, I think, recognizing and having a level of responsibility and saying to themselves, all right, like we got, if I'm going to go out and drink three, four nights a week, I, I can't complain about not being in shit. <laughs> it's, right. Completely. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and so what about for, for the people that are kind of, you know, we've been in this, uh, what is it? March. Now it's September. What is that? Six months ish, you know? Ish. Yeah. So, right. So, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people, I, for, in my experience, from what I saw is that there was one group that they were like, this is my chance. I have time now. I'm at home. I'm going to work out. But then there are other people that are like, that's, it's too much. Like I just need to kind of like withdraw and take care of my mental health mm -hmm. before anything. But now we're six months in and kind of things aren't changing, you know, anytime soon. Um, what do you suggest to the people that are like, okay, now I realize that I need to start kind of incorporating this in my routine. I'm sure you'll say the same thing. I mean, if you're one of those people who has always want to, wanted to want it, and you just yeah. struggle, I, I, 10 minutes, you know, like yeah. break a sweat for 10 minutes. Like I would almost like under, I never like using the word prescribed for myself because I'm not a doctor, but like uh, under yeah. assign the workout, like get them to the point where they're saying, yeah. that's it. Like, 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 what about like, I want to keep going right. though. Like, no, you, you know what? You've always struggled with keeping going after a week or so. Let's just give you enough to where you're like wanting to continue to go. We'll see you tomorrow. Be active, right. go for walks be healthy. They might make better food choices. I just think what happens is, is like that whole new year's resolution. We just start out. So yeah. like gunslinging happy and we're yeah. like ready to go. And then within 10 days, people are like, Oh my God, like I'm just not happy. I'm miserable. Yeah. So, right. you know, I think it all comes down to people's goals. Also, if someone's looking really, really funny story, really fast, a yeah. buddy of mine came to me before COVID and said, I want to see my top four abs. What? I've never heard anyone say this in my life. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. you, you're holding a lot of muscle. Top four abs. He goes, I don't even care about the bottom two. I'm just showing you where I want to oh go. Gosh. I want those top four. I was like, interesting, weird. So he we went through his yeah. diet, and I just looked at him. And I said, cut it in half. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you exercise enough, the desserts, the booze. I want everything in half. I just literally want to cut in half. He goes, really? He came back to me in two weeks, and we literally started seeing visibility in his top four abs. And then wow. he turned to me, and he said, what's next? which is that yeah. line because we gave them enough. It wasn't, we, were, we weren't telling them to measure macros and eat chicken, mm -hmm. rice and broccoli and put them on something that wasn't attainable and he was miserable. It was just giving him enough to where he was able to be successful, see progress. When you give people progress, they're done. If you give them someone a task and they can see progress with something that's attainable, it's over. You just you yeah. just gain someone new on your team. Amazing. Um, well, I have two more questions for you. So one, the name of the podcast is Your Best Life with Anna Victoria. And the point of this is that there's no such thing. There's no one best life. We all have different experiences and mm -hmm. different priorities of what allows us to live our own best life. So, But if you were to have to pick one thing or one experience that has allowed you to live your best life, what would that be? My family. Definitely. I mean, I, I, it's my family. It's also my fitness because I, I need one, yeah. one reinforces the other. If I don't have yeah. my fitness, 
personally, I can't be the dad and the husband I am. If I didn't have my family, nothing else would really matter also. So I just think the fact that I can do this with my team, my kids, my two dogs, my wife, uh, to be able, especially now to be able to see them off to school every day and and have dinner with them probably, you know, six out of seven nights a week is just unbelievable. So my best life, I've always been raised uh, about family, about I come from this old school Italian work ethic where it's like, yeah, hard work, which has probably got me into some trouble because sometimes you're working too hard and not smart, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. but um, yeah. it makes me feel good. Those are the things that really me, I, I like being busy and I like building and I like creating and I like um, working my way up. Beautiful. And my last question, where can everyone find and follow you? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's really simple. My Instagram's Don Saladino. My website's Don Saladino. You can Google Don Saladino, uh, pretty simple. And, uh, this is fun. I've been hearing your name for yeah. a long time. I've been oh. hearing great things about you. Everything is uh, what it was hyped up to be. So congrats on what you've created in your family. Thank you. I, it's such an amazing compliment. I really appreciate it. Um, and this was amazing. So great chatting. Had a great uh, time. Yeah. And we'll talk next time. Definitely. Looking forward <laughs> to it. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys, that was my conversation with Don Saladino. Luca, what did you think? I mean, I just get really excited. You know, he trains with Deadpool. He, he trains with a, the Winter Soldier, obviously. Wolverine. For me, it's like, that's really cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I just want to say, like, what a nice guy he is. That's really what blew me away more than anything is, um, I think, seeing someone that is so successful in the industry that is just such a good person is kind of rare. In my opinion, I yeah. don't know what, what would you say, Luca. I mean, you know, he's a fellow Italian. Of course, he's nice. Oh, <laughs> true. You guys, he his dog being named Rigatoni. So that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, you guys didn't hear when we discovered that it was literally right before we started filming. He was like, "Hey, you have a dog named Rigatoni. I do too." And I was like, "No way!" <laughs> like my mind was blown. I wish I actually would have been on uh, when we were recording, but that you know, I think that right there, he's Italian. He has a dog named Rigatoni. You know, he he's a pretty good guy in our book. But no, really, um, I could just tell that he, you know, in my this one hour with him that he's such a great person. Um, and again, about that story of Laura, who he helped lose over yeah. 500 pounds and Incredible, literally yeah. saved her life. And six years after, they're still talking pretty much every day. I, I think Talk that's really beautiful. Talk to her every beautiful. day. Yeah. That, that blows me away. And honestly, I can say talking to him inspires me to keep doing what I'm doing. Like he's someone that I look at what he's doing and he gets me excited again about like, you know, talking to you girls, like interacting with my community and helping you girls, because I like, I'm not going to lie. Like as you know, uh, we've grown and as we built the app, that's something that like, I've gotten almost like, you know, too sucked into the business side of things sometimes. And I, and I will say, I love the business side. I, I do consider myself also a businesswoman and an incredible what it, Oh, thank a little you. <laughs> but you know, and, and when I'm working on the business, it's for you girls. It's not me just, you know, like kind of like in an office now in a corner, you know, doing work. It's literally every day in and day out thinking, what can I do to help you girls? But the reason I do this to begin with is because of the community and because of interacting with you girls and, and helping you and hearing your stories. And Dawn is someone that like excites me to continue doing that and just makes me so grateful to even have the opportunity to do that. So shout out to all my FEG girls and, um, you know, thank you for making my life, I think, you know, have a lot of purpose and, you know, give me a lot of happiness. So, yeah, I feel like I could go on and on and on. Luca, you know this about the FEG community. So, um, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I would love to hear what you think. Uh, Join us in the Facebook group or on Instagram and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. And that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to share with a friend, spread the word and help us grow our tribe. Please rate and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes each week. You can also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group, both under the same name, Your Best Life Podcast, to keep the conversation going. You can also send me an email at yourbestlifepodcast at gmail.com and you just might be featured in a future episode. Your Best Life is a Gallery Media Group original production.